Well, again, Merry Christmas. You know, there was something, something in the air as, as folks came in today, just, just that feeling of, of Christmas joy. You can feel it. There's a, a sense of, of excitement and wonder and joy. I hope you feel it. There's a young boy uh, who was 10 years old. He felt it. He was so very excited for Christmas. He really wanted something special. He wanted a smartwatch, and all of his friends seemed to have a smartwatch, and so he desperately, desperately wanted one too, and he was relentless in asking day after day, over and over again, Mom, Dad, smartwatch. That's what I want. You know this, right? Uh, he, he had pictures that he had printed out and he, he put them all over the house, hung them on the fridge, a constant, incessant asking, begging, Mom, Dad, please remember a watch. I want a watch, a smart watch. That's the one I want. Please remember that. And finally his parents sat him down and they said, Listen, we have heard you. We know. But if you bring up a watch one more time, Not only will you not get a watch, but we will not open presents on Christmas. Pretty severe. But they felt that the situation called for it. So, a few days later, uh, his grandpa and grandma, they come over for an early Christmas dinner. This little boy uh, says to his mom and dad before dinner, he says, can I pray for the meal? He'd never done this before. They said, sure, we'd love to have you pray for the meal. And so he decides that he'll pray for the meal. And then this clever little boy, he says, you know, I'd like to share a Bible verse before I pray. And they said, okay, why don't you do that? So he marched up to his room. He got his Bible from a Sunday school, and he brought it back down, and he opened his Bible up, and, and he sat at the table with everyone. And, and before he prayed, he read a verse. He opened his Bible to Mark chapter 13, verse 37, and he read these words to those seated at the table. Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. (laughs) What are you hoping for this year? What are you hoping for? Maybe a better question in a world that has grown very weary and very dark is where are you placing your hope? We come today for lots of reasons, to sing the carols and to be gathered together But we come first and foremost for a promise, for a sacred, holy Christmas promise, the promise that Jesus is being born again into this world and into our hearts once again, the promise that he alone brings us true life, true and eternal life. And today is Christmas Day, and we come to receive the greatest and most wonderful gift that has ever been given, the one that the world longed for and hoped for, this child who was born in Bethlehem, we come to meet Emmanuel, who is God with us. We come to put our hope in the light that he brings into this world. And so as we come to meet him this Christmas day, why don't we pray? Father in heaven, this Christmas, we thank you that you have come into the world with your bright light and we ask, Lord, that you would fill us today with your joy, with your peace, with your hope, and with your light. So it is the season of giving, and I think lots of us hope for good gifts. Uh, I hope that you unwrapped something or you're going to unwrap something that you had dreamed about uh, this year. 
but I think we also all know that there are some doozies that are given over the holiday season. One year, Nathan tore open a present from his aunt, and that year, what his aunt had given him was this collection of butter knives with these ceramic white handles, and on the ceramic white handles were these little pictures of vegetables, and and Nathan was sort of puzzled when he opened this gift up. He wasn't sure what he was going to do with it. This is mostly because Nathan was seven years old. And he wasn't sure what butter knives uh, would be for. There was a grandma who got this custom ornament a few years ago for her granddaughter. It was this big, bright bulb uh, with beautiful letters on the outside, and it said Aaron. And the problem with that was that her granddaughter's name was Morgan. There was a, an eight-year-old girl who, who opened a gift a few years ago from her grandma. Is this beautiful Christmas ornament of, of an angel. And when this eight-year-old girl opened this ornament, tears started to stream down her face. She started to cry because exactly one year before, she had bought that very same angel Christmas ornament and she had wrapped it up and she had given it to her grandmother. So this is my warning to you this Christmas day. Be careful with your regifting, folks. <laughs> We've all gotten gifts that that just didn't quite make the mark, right? And, and if we're honest, we've given them too. We've given gifts that, that didn't quite measure up, and, and it's tough. There are some people, it's very hard to shop for them, and, and, and you just don't know what to get, but there are some times in life that the gift is just right. There are some times in this life where, where a gift is just perfect. A young woman was striking out on her own for the first time, and she got a Christmas gift from her best friend, uh, from her roommate. Uh, she got the joy of cooking cookbook, and, and from that cookbook, she learned just that, how to find joy in cooking for herself. And now, 40 years later, that book is a little bit more torn, it's a little bit more tattered, but she's still using it all the time, not just to feed herself, but to feed the people that she loves. A young man named Dan, he got a gift from his first grade teacher for Christmas. The teacher noticed how much Dan loved to draw. He was always drawing in the margins of his paper. And so this teacher gave him a little tiny sketchbook. And that sketchbook was like a little spark that lit a fire in this young man. And 30 years later, Dan is working as an illustrator. A woman named Tamara, she came home one Christmas season. She'd just gone back to work full-time after giving birth to her firstborn, a son, and she was totally overwhelmed. She was overwhelmed by work. She was overwhelmed by life. She was overwhelmed by becoming a new parent, and she walked in the front door one night. This was a few days before Christmas, and there on her kitchen counter, there was this little gift. It was this perfectly creased little silver-wrapped gift with a bow there, and she opened it, and, and and inside was this note, and there scrawled in her mother's handwriting were these words, your freezer is filled with food, with lasagna and chicken tetrazzini and meatloaf. And she walked over to her freezer, and she opened, up, opened it up, and, and yes, it was. It was filled with food, these meals, and each one had directions on how to reheat them. Years have passed since that moment, and that little boy that she had just given birth to is now a, a a big boy grown up and her mother has since died but Tamara still keeps that note and she pulls it out at Christmas time and she reads it because it's maybe the best gift that she has ever received a good gift 
says something. A good gift says something about the giver. It says that they know us, that they know what we need, that they know what we're facing, what we're struggling with. They know what we love. They know the things that give us joy, what gives us comfort, what gives us peace, and what gives us hope. A good gift says something about the good giver, but it also says something about those who receive it. When we receive a good gift, the right gift, it says something about us. It reminds us. This is where we're at in life. It reminds us what we need, and sometimes we don't realize this until much later in life. We realize how good, how important, how necessary that gift was. And then we come to see just how good and generous and kind and loving the giver of that gift was. Today, of course, we remember the greatest gift the greatest gift that the world has ever known, the the gift of a son, a child, a savior, a light in the darkness. The other night, my family and I, we were driving around, we were looking at Christmas lights. Maybe you do this. And and as we're driving, one of the first things we saw was this like 20-foot inflatable snowman that was all lit up. And so if that was you, well done. We enjoyed it very much. A few blocks down the road, we saw something else in somebody's yard. We saw a manger scene, and everybody was there. It was a manger scene sort of like this one behind me. Everybody was there. Mary and Joseph, this couple who had traveled to be a part of this census issued by the Roman world. Uh, The baby Jesus was there, their son born in the dark of night. The shepherds, the angels, the wise men who had come from so very far away following this star from the east so that they could meet this savior, this child, so that they could bring him good gifts. That scene appears all over this time of year. We see it everywhere. And what it is, is it's actually a mixture of two biblical stories, two tellings of the birth of Jesus that we find in the Bible. One is from a man named Luke who had traveled with the Apostle Paul. This was after the uh, death and resurrection of Jesus. And, And Luke went back and he interviewed and talked to a whole bunch of people who were there during the life of Jesus. People like Mary, Jesus's mother. And he tells us the story of the life of Jesus and where he begins is right at the beginning with Jesus' birth. Luke gives us this story of the angels who came to the shepherds to tell them the good news. He gives us the, the stable, this place where they laid their baby, the manger, this trough that's there to feed donkeys was the only place to lay the child. And a man named Matthew He wants to remind us that Jesus is Emmanuel, this word that means God with us. And as he tells the story of Jesus coming into the world, he gives us the story of the star that the wise men followed from the east. And he tells us that part. And so we put these two stories together, and what we get is this beautiful scene, this picture of that first Christmas. But there's another account in the Bible of the story of Christmas. It's a much simpler one. It's a much shorter one. I just read it to you not too long ago. It comes from a man named John and his account of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it goes like this, very simply put, the Christmas story, a light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. A light in the dark. That's the Christmas story. 
The first Christmas, it happened in the dark, literally. The world was dark that night. The shepherds, they were out in the field with their sheep, and they were waiting for the sun to rise so that their sheep could graze. Mary and Joseph were there under the stars and the moon. They were in the dark of a stable, which was probably just a cave, and they were there when they met their firstborn, a son, and it happened in the dark. And the world was dark at that time in every other sense of the word, too. It was a world of war. It was a world of disease, of sickness, of poverty. Mary and Joseph, they had next to nothing. It was a world that had for years and years and years been darkened by sin. But John tells us into that world, that dark world, came a light. Into that world came a God who decided to give the good, the good gift that nobody else could give. He would enter into that dark world with a bright hope. And so he came. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God became one of us and he joined us here on this earth. Jesus, this baby who was born 2,000 years ago for the salvation of the world, for the salvation of you and me, and comes in the darkest of nights to give us something. He comes with a purpose, to give us a gift. And the gift he gives is a little bit of light. A little bit of light for you and I to cling to in the darkness. A little bit of light to, to call us and to bring us back home to him. A little bit over 150 years ago, this was on Christmas Eve. On the East Coast, there was this raging storm. It was howling, and the locals said that it was so bad that not even Santa went out that night. There was this little ship that was traveling from down in Argentina all the way up to Quebec in Canada, and it was there that night on the East Coast caught in that storm, and, and the sailors looked out, and they weren't sure that they were going to make it. They, they seemed pretty hopeless at this point until they saw as they looked through the deep uh, dark and the snow and the wind a little prick of light, and they knew what it was because they were good sailors. It was a lighthouse. So they changed their course and they pressed in through the storm. There was a family that was in that lighthouse and they were keeping watch and, and they didn't see that ship until it smashed into the, the shore and it started to break up. But once they saw it, they yelled and they woke everybody up who was there in that lighthouse and, and they went out and they pulled the crew off this ship and into safety and it was there in the middle of the night these starving sailors who had eaten nothing but salted beef and macaroni for weeks were served a Christmas dinner. The family cooked up the meal that they were going to make the next day. They cooked it up in the middle of the night, and, and they all sat down to dinner in the warmth of the engine room of this lighthouse. And I imagine that for those sailors, it felt just like home. And all it took for that to happen all it took to bring them in from the storm was a little bit of light, just a little bit. Now, I don't need to tell you this because you know it already. Our world is out at sea. The deep oceans churn and, and the storms rage all around us. And, and sometimes when we look out into that world, all we see is the deep, dim dark. 
There's war in the Middle East and in the Ukraine. Across the world, there's hungry children and terrorism and violence and division and uncertainty about what tomorrow looks like, uncertainty about what next week or next month or next year are going to look like. Sometimes it feels like there's this global darkness that is bearing down on us, and all of us have personal darkness too. We have the things that, that we just can't forgive ourselves for, the things that, that we can't bring ourselves to think about or talk about. We have those things that that we can't forgive somebody else for. We have these mistakes and failures. We have these struggles with with life, struggles with money and debt and, and making ends meet. And the grocery bill just keeps going up and up and up. And those gifts that you worked so hard to buy weren't cheap this year. We have struggles in our life. We have struggles with our work or or with some family member. And you thought that time would take care of those wounds and heal them, but it hasn't. And and you're struggling maybe with something else, a a diagnosis, a broken relationship, a divorce, or or maybe it's the loss of a dear, dear, dear person that you so badly wish was at the Christmas table this year. We all know that life, life can be dark. And Christmas, this season with all of its carols and all of its bright lights, can seem pretty dim. And what I know this Christmas day, what I know to be true, is that you've known that darkness in your own life, that you've experienced it. I know that you have, and I know that I have, and I know that it's disorienting to be in the dark. And I know that that being in the dark can be a very lonely, lonely place. But I also know this. Being in the dark forces us to ask, what do I hope for? What do I hope for this Christmas? And it's right there that God gives the greatest gift, one that says, I know who you are. I know where you are. I know the darkness that you face. I know your sin. I know the things that you are struggling with today. I know you, and I'm going to give you exactly what you need. And it's not a smartwatch. It's light. It's a little bit of light that will shine bright and hopeful in the darkness. It's a light in the darkness. It's a star. It's a star that's shining in the night that will bring us goodness and light. It's it's a light that, that streams, this glory that streams from heaven afar. It's a light. It's peace on earth. It's goodwill to men that comes to us on a midnight clear. It's a light. It's this everlasting light that shines in the dark little streets of that dark little town of Bethlehem. It's a light on the shore that's calling you. It's telling you to come in. It's there to bring you into safety and to salvation and to the warmth of the good grace, mercy, and love of God. It's a light that's there to break into your darkness and to tell you that you are not alone in this world and you never, ever, ever will be. A little bit of light. That's Christmas. There's a man named Jason, and Jason's friends would call him a health nut. He was a healthy eater, a runner, a swimmer. Seemed like he never got sick, but a couple years ago, about this time, he got sick. It was like uh, the flu or something, one of those illnesses that just kind of knocks you down for a while, and he spent a couple days 
couple days in his bedroom, his family away from him in another part of the house, and, and he sort of just laid there with the curtains drawn, lights out, door closed, in the deep dark, trying to sleep as much as he could. You know, when you have your eyes closed for a long time in the dark and you open them, and, and it's just, it just still seems like it's dark? That's where he was at, this sort of heavy fog of dark all around him. He was laying there in his bed one morning in his bedroom with the curtains drawn, the the door closed, and and as he laid there, the door cracked open a little bit, and the light from the hallway came into the room, and and in through that crack in the doorway walked his young son, who was about three years old, just this little boy, and that little boy crawled up into bed with his dad and and, and nuzzled in, and, and Jason looked down at his son, and he said, buddy, what are you doing here? This little boy looked up at his dad, and he said, Dad, I just came to hurt with you for a little bit. And the two of them held hands in the glow from the crack of that door. And there was just enough light to see one another. They laid there for a while, just enough light. God does that too. And that's what today is all about. A child who cracks open the door and comes in. The promise of Christmas, the promise of of this year, today, this morning, right now, for you and for me, is is that God is is breaking in. He's breaking into the night with, as we sing about a new and glorious morn, with a son, with Jesus, with a baby who will grow up and who's going to take on all the darkness and all of the death of the world on a cross. This is a child that comes with a plan and a purpose. He is born to live and to die for you and he's opening the door today to come in. To come in and to hurt with you and to rejoice with you and to save you, to to be your salvation, to be your everlasting God, to overcome all the dark of this world, yours and mine with his bright light. It's a light that, that pierces even the deepest of darkness and says, I am with you always and forever. Today, this morning, God says to us, a light, that light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. And you and I say, Merry Christmas to that. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you for Christmas, for the joy, for the lights, for the carols, but even more, Lord, for the child. The child born in Bethlehem, Jesus, the Savior of the world. We rejoice in him today, in Jesus' name. Amen.